Dan Mack is back, and this year she has sought out the best customer-centric thought leaders from around the world. Are you after practical, accessible, and customer-centric marketing? You're in the right place. Sit back and enjoy Dan's small business podcast. For more information, go to www.daniellemckinnis.com or visit www.mckinnismarketing.com.au. Delighted today to have Bernadette Diwa from um, this, the story of, of telling, which um, is a great website that she, um, that she has. Um, Bernadette, thanks for, for being part of the podcast. I'm thrilled to join you. It's nice to speak to somebody in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're always talking overseas. So you have a new book out called The Fortune Cookie Principle. Before we sort of talk about that, which I'm keen to do, can you give us a little bit of an insight into your world and, and how you come to do what you do? Uh, I am from what I would call the storytelling capital of the world, which is which is Dublin in Ireland. And, you know, we just grew up telling stories around the table. You know, I, I knew about stories before I knew about books. And, um, you know, I've had a squiggly career in that, uh, had lots of different, did lots of different jobs, uh, people focused, uh, customer centric jobs. And then I was doing the work that I'm doing now, helping people with their ideas and helping them to nail down their ideas and get to the essence of their story uh, for cups of coffee. And I decided, you know what, this, this is kind of valuable work. I, I think I'd like to uh, do it for a living. And yeah, it's just taken off from there. Isn't that amazing? Do you feel, and I don't know if, it, if it's just me, but I feel that the sentiment of, of us as customers at the moment is looking for that why more? Uh, I think we're much more, because we now live in a world where we've got everything we need, I think we're much more about doing thing and we're lucky you know in the west that we do have everything we need we're we're about doing and having and experience things that make us feel different so it's not about the doing so much it's about what do we want to be and i think that's where that um you know why and the connection with brands that make us um you know part we want to be part of the brand story we want to get more involved in with brands like apple and you know brands that we really love like method or that we want to evangelize if you like mm. do you think it's do you think it's unique to a certain generation or do you think it's more widespread than that uh look i i think it's it seems more widespread because of the internet because we're more aware of you know how we're connecting to brands but you know, when I was a kid, people did have, have brands they loved, and they did. I was just writing a post the other day about this guy at, at um, in, in Dublin, like years and years ago, at a flea market. He used to sell things with stories, um, and I think we went away from storytelling in the TV industrial age, and I, I'm, I think we've come back to it full circle. Mm. Um, you know, we got, I, I think marketing got a bit lazy when they thought they could blast everyone, but now that we recognize that we need to, it's not just how many people, but who we're speaking to, we need to be a lot more sensitive to the messages that we're sending. So what do you do from a consulting point of view with your clients at the moment in terms of helping them uncover their story? It's 
pretty difficult for people sometimes they're so close to the work that they do that they're very stuck in the what and the how and the features and the benefits of what they do and I get them to uh, it's it's more about asking the right questions I get them to really unpack uh, you know what the truth is about the business that they're in you know they may be in project they may develop project management software but in actual fact what's the business that they're in they're about uh, helping people to help their teams and they're possibly about uh, empowering best practice and all of these other strands to their business. So it's it's about getting people to think more deeply about not just the what and the features and the benefits, but also about how that makes their customer feel and how they can tell a story about that, how they can speak to that part. I'm, I'm wondering as I'm listening to this with some of the managers or CEOs that I've worked with, when I'm doing marketing, I just wonder how much of that story is a personal story where they've got some sort of personal investment in something and that that comes out sort of as part of the brand story or is it more likely to be, you know, kept separate? It depends. Um, I think with, I use Warby Parker as a great example of this and maybe lots of people in Australia don't know about Warby Parker and if you don't, they're a great brand to Google and have a look at what they're doing in the storytelling space. So they sell glasses online and their founder's story is very much a part of their brand. As the, as the method founder's story is very much a part of their brand, um, I'm not sure you can divorce one from the other. Um, so it's it's interesting that you ask about personal stories and, you know, narrative. That's the other part of my work in that I help people to understand that story isn't just narrative. It's a lot more than that. Mm. I think you're right. I, I, it's sort of interesting. It feels more authentic when it's coming from something within you that you can re- resonate with if you can connect it to something personal I often feel like it that that's then carried through because it's not just you know the MD or the senior management team or a small business it's all the staff as well you know they yeah have to buy into it and it's also about you know the purpose and you know that's just not that's not just about the MD or the CEO that's about you know the perp- the reason the whole business exists and getting people aligned with the vision that you've got and how that comes across in your products and your services and you know how it creates a culture it's it's all intertwined mm. well so you've got this new book out the fortune cookie principle can you give us a bit of a, a, a snapshot on what what that was about and why you wrote it? Well, the fortune cookie is a metaphor really for what I consider to be, you know, new marketing in that, um, you know, the fortune cookie's got two parts to it. There's the cookie and then there's the fortune. And actually the fortune is the intangible part, which is the story. And it's the reason that people buy the cookie in the first place. Um, so we're not selling commodities anymore. We're selling lots of intangible value like Starbucks did with $4 coffees when they were the first people to come to market with that. Mm-hmm. So um, the fortune cookie principle is all about the 20 keys to your brand's story and why your business needs one and why your business needs a brand's story is that people don't buy commodities anymore. They buy 
how things make them feel. Absolutely. Can you give us an example of some of the keys that you sort of outline in the book? Uh, well, purpose is one of them, the reason you exist. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of these really strong uh, brands, best performing brands over the past few years have been have had a strong purpose. Brands like Method, uh, Google, Apple, any of the any of the brands that we know as really iconic brands. Um, there's your values and your products products and services. The other interesting parts to it are, you know, which are quite topical is your content and your copy, you know, the things that you put out there into the world and how you how you interact with people and your customers, um, what ex- customer experience you're delivering, uh, what people believe about you. So there used to be the four P. The four P's of marketing used to be uh, product, price, position, and promotion. And I think there's a shift there, for, mm-hmm. and I think it's shifted to four different P's. I've written a blog post about it. If people want to Google that. And I think I believe that their purpose, people, personal and perception. So a lot of your story is not what people, not what you say, but it's what people believe about you. Absolutely. And it's almost, I think that this storytelling is actually, you know, there's so many touch points for the storytelling to take place now as well. I was just thinking about it in terms of, you know, how we can interact with brands and how we can, hear that story and it's pretty clear when it breaks down and it's inconsistent well I had a great example of that um, the other day Dan when I my husband and I went for a coffee at this hotel locally and they've just spent millions and millions of dollars you know on fit out uh, it's a, it's a multi-story hotel so I don't know how many hundreds of thousands they spent on, on decorating, painting the outside and everything. Mm-hmm. And we went to have a coffee and it was pretty quiet because I don't think people know that it's been done up inside. And the barista looked really unhappy to see us and he <laughs> said, oh, I hope you're not after a coffee. And I said, oh, we are actually. And he said, well you know, it'll be a long wait and I've got, you know, I've got seven coffees already, you know, there are plenty of cafe, cafes down the strip mm-hmm. and there is a disconnect. There, there's, there's a broken story in that you can, um, you can create all, you know, you can put the nicest chairs in there, you can have the nicest decor and lighting but if, you, if your staff aren't well trained and they don't know how to speak to customers and they don't understand the company's values then that's, that story's broken and it doesn't matter how much money you put into refurbishment if your staff can't deliver. Absolutely. It's sort of like they break that promise right there. And mm. it's so much effort to, to get it to a point where you were going to have a delightful experience and it just all falls apart. I had the same experience. I went into Coles. I did a blog post about this because I was so surprised. I hadn't been in there for such a long time. I'm a bit of an Aldi freak. And, mm. and Aussie farmers because I mm. like to support them. But I was in a rush, so I thought, oh, I'll be able to get everything. And when I went in, I was so surprised that they had a whole, like, row of organic, which they didn't last time I was in. There was, like, a shelf. Mm. So they had a lot of pre, um, <clears throat> pre-made foods, a, a range that they had. Um, they also had, like, a, a healthy choice options as well they had they thought of me they even had like little pears that you could put in your lunch box that they'd marked you know perfect for kids 
everything sort of was great because it was really convenient, but it was also, you know, they'd thought about me. And then when I went to the checkout, I had a 17-year-old with his hands, you know, over his face, leaning down, obviously, you know, <laughs> bad Saturday night and just wasn't happy that I was there, you know, 9 o'clock on Saturday, mm. Sunday morning for getting mm. brunch. And again, you know, the whole thing's sort of a bit broken. Yeah. So I, I hear you. It's, it's sort of like you have to get all those touch points right. I know people are the hardest to to perhaps control but it's just so critical with service well I think if you make that you know if you if you get your story right from the start so you know you go back from and and work through with in my book I start with the truth and purpose and vision and values I think you start to align everything and you you think about how you're going to train people and etc so mm. I, I think you've got much more alignment when you think of your story as being um, you know, multifaceted as opposed to just being, well, that's just about our content or that's just about our PR or that's just about our tagline. It's all these other things. I'm, I'm seeing a bit more now around, you know, co or collaboration or um, getting customers involved in creating either content or product or even getting employees in, involved in um, you know, that whole process of collaboration. How mm. do you see that working with the storytelling? Oh, I, th- I think in social, it's absolutely, you know, social media, it's absolutely fantastic to see brands embracing, um, it's particularly in the visual, as on the visual side of things with video uh, content and, you know, Instagram. I think it's amazing for to see the connections that are made there, and uh, you know I think there's a, still a lot of potential. I, I think in Australia we're a little bit further behind with that, but um, you know we can look to brands like Levi's or um, Nike and even Chobani, the yogurt brand that's now in Australia. They do a fantastic job of of um, you know sharing and uh, co-creating content with their users. Absolutely, like I well after I went to Coles, I went and had a look online, and even they had a really awesome Pinterest page with mm. lots of collaboration. You know, obviously recipes and all that sort of stuff, but visually, it's so much more interesting than reading text. And mm. and videos, you know, another experience. And yes, I like to read a book as well, but you know, I'm so happy that I get, I guess. Amazon experience where now I can get my Audible or I can get a Kindle or I can get the there's so much choice but they're still thinking about how I want to have it delivered exactly because if they don't do that then they're dead uh you know it's not about the mass market anymore it's about speaking to one person Mm, absolutely Mm. so what's next for you what's on your radar for this year Oh, I'm heading to New York pretty soon. I'm going to the Future of Storytelling conference and I've got a couple of other conferences to go to in New York um, and just meeting people over there, which is, you know, absolutely mind-blowing to see what's going on in there in the in the marketing space and the storytelling space and possibly another book. Who knows? Oh, you're, you're prolific. That's all I can say. Who is there anyone that you're reading at the moment that you're finding interesting or following? Uh, Seth Godin. He's yep. the person I read every single day. I'm sure you know of him, but yep. um, I've read Seth for 
years upon years and he teaches me something new every day and I'd miss him if he was gone. I know, he's, he's, he has a real interesting take on the world, doesn't he? He's, he's certainly, um, he certainly sparks interest. You could never accuse him of being boring, that's for sure. <laughs> he, he's ahead of his time. You know, I was just reading a summary of... Um, He's got this Q and A on 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 his book Meatball Sunday, which I think it was two thousand and five. That book, I, you know, yeah. I might be wrong. And you know, the things that he predicted then that are even more relevant today is just mind blowing. So yeah, the man's a genius. Well, great. Well, thank you for spending some time with me, and um, I'll put some links over to your website and to your book and some of those um, sites that you mentioned, and I really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, Dan. It's lovely to talk to you. Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.